Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. That's all he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me and I'll sue. Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Okay there, Internet. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. And if you're brand new to Intoxicated, this is a comedy variety talk show where I talk to comedians, characters, and various guests about life over a couple of drinks. So welcome back to the podcast if you're a returning listener. And thanks so much for checking it out if you are a new listener. This week's guest is actually a returning guest it is comedian Scott Belford. Scott is an awesome comedian uh, here in Halifax, but not for long because he is actually moving to Calgary very soon. In fact, he might already be there. I'm not 100% sure. Scott was actually on the podcast back in January on episode 95, but he is back on the podcast to say a little farewell to Nova Scotia. He is leaving us. We are all very sad about it. He's an amazing comedian, a very hard worker, and just an all-around great guy. We're all going to miss you, Scott, if you hear this. Um, I know I said it in the episode, but I'll say it again. We will miss you. Uh, but it is not goodbye. It is see you later. I am sure he will be back. This was a great episode. It was awesome to have Scott on one last time to shoot the shit. And as it normally happens with he and I, things got deep. We talked about, you know, kind of some larger scale issues, which is great. We talked about climate change and the political climate, death, ghosts, the end of the world, you know, just some light, light topics here on Intoxicated. Um, I always love talking talking to Scott. He is such a great conversationalist. And I love when things get deep and get a little heavy. I love that. But regardless, it was a super fun episode. You guys are going to like it. And if you enjoyed the episode, you can follow Scott on Instagram. His Instagram handle is the underscore Belf. If you have the chance to see this guy live, please do. Uh, And speaking of social media, you can head on over to Facebook and Instagram and follow Intoxicated. And that is just Intoxicated Podcast. And on Twitter, at in underscore intoxicated. If you do have any questions, feedback, or comments, you can email them to intoxicatedpodcast at gmail.com. There's a Patreon account as well. So if you really dig the show, you can actually donate a certain monthly amount and get some extra content out of that. That is patreon.com backslash intoxicated. The more Patreons that do sign up, the more I will give. So if that's something you're interested in, check that out. And really, that's about it, you guys. I hope you enjoy this episode with Scott. Belford. 
because that hurricane was wasn't the, that insane was the lamest hurricane I've ever experienced. You've experienced hurricanes before. I've experienced one, uh, which was see as a prairie boy, it blew me away. Like I was, oh, did it? <laughs> I was, I was just like, this is insane. Like what the hell? Like, <laughs> did you guys lose power? Uh, we did lose power, but I wasn't here. I was in tour. I was on tour in Newfoundland, just worrying about everything. Right? Yeah. Like I was watching. <laughs> You know, because you're just watching the videos That's on right. Facebook and like cranes are falling and trees are busting in half, and I'm like, "Is my house blowing away?" Like, <laughs> that was the thing about it. It, um, Halifax and the Maritimes like to hype up storms. Yeah, and the days before the For hurricane. There was a true sense of panic. Like, I went to Walmart and people were carrying out flats of water. And, like, it was just chaos. And I was just like, oh, shit, should I be worried? Then I researched categories, yeah. like the hurricane categories. And it said that a hur- uh, category two could break glass. And I'm going, what if my... What if my windows break? What yeah. if I have to evacuate? Yeah. What if I need to grab my, like, I got my cat carrier case out just in case. <laughs> and I, I went into this state of panic because I'm a catastrophic thinker. Yeah. That's what they call them. Like, I think I'm always thinking about these really irrational things. That sure. Happen. I think we might have touched on this in your first episode. Right, yeah. But I get stressed out over, like, big scale like things that would probably never happen. Super to irrational to be afraid of like <laughs> the building coming down around you. But you know the chances. I guess what I mean is like the chances of. I'm that joking, happening. by the way. Yeah. That's not irrational <laughs> at all. That's totally irrational fear of being buried in rubble. Like right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was just it, and so like I got nervous. But then when it happened, it really. I've been here for like winter storms mm-hmm. that felt more intense. Right. Like like in terms of the wind sounds. Yeah. Like the woo. <laughs> right. Right. And I didn't really hear much of that during this hurricane. So I was disappointed. What? I like disaster. What can I say? Now, let's rewind a little here. Mm. Does your cat hate the cat carrier case? Like, does it freak out when it sees it? No, but I, I don't think she's been, like, had trips to the vet enough to be scared of it. I think right. I've only t- t- taken her, like, twice in her life. So My cat hates it. Oh, yeah? He uh, doesn't go to the vet. Like, he's never been to the vet. Mm. Uh, well, one time we took him to the vet to get all his shots and stuff, obviously. But, like, he's been a good cat <laughs> for five years, and that's fine. And Right. But we'll haul him on long road trips and so now he just like oh man is he a stressful traveler he does not like traveling and i'm hauling this fucking cat across the country for five days of driving i feel so bad for him (laughs) i wonder if driving would be better than a plane though at least with driving like it's there with you and you can yeah and that's that's what we kind of decided is we'd rather than like being because where do they put cats on planes they put them well our cat is so big i don't think he would fit in a little case that you could just put under the seat so we pretty much were like yeah we got to drive him (laughs) and how long is that drive four or it's five days of nine hours of driving each day buddy Yeah. yeah like you might be able to do it in like Four and a half, well, I've got a. It's funny. I've got a. I, so I'm leaving on. I'm moving to Calgary, by the way. For yeah, reason. we should open yeah. the fucking episode, right. right? Oh my gosh, you guys! Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited to have a returning guest and one of my another one of my favorites in the scene, Scott Belford. Oh, you! Thank you. Welcome back. It's good to I'm, be here. I'm so glad that I was able to get you on before you moved. Me because too. Because I like having returning guests on it's so much more comfortable it's so much more yeah. like i just love it and i had Catherine on recently and i'm like okay i'm gonna go back in the vault and yeah. like get people that i had on like before so welcome back well and, it's good to be back oh goodness Ugh, cheers to that and we're yeah, both drinking two different right? things i'm drinking 
clear clear vodka drink. Like the basic white bitch that I am. I'm uh, drinking Moosehead. Moosehead, of course. <laughs> I knew that you were like in I I thought it was for some reason I thought it was Oland. Nope. And I was like, oh, maybe it's Moosehead. Yeah, Moosehead, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. The other old man beer. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not too. expensive. It's not like yeah. these fucking craft beers yeah. that are like $10 a beer. Which like, I love. I just don't like spending $10 a beer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> feel you on that. Money is such a such a stress. Right? <laughs> We're both very stressed and depressed. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we're doing it. But yes, yeah, Scott. So Scott, you were on back in the winter. We don't remember mm, exactly when. January-ish, I think. Yeah, and you've been in Halifax for fourteen months. Fourteen. Feel months. very settled in. You know, mm. finally, kind of uh, made buds with uh, some of the comedians in town, and and feel uh, part of the scene. And and just a few weeks ago, my. <sighs> fiance got a big promotion with WestJet, and now we're moving to calgary because we can't stop fucking moving across this country wow (laughs) so that's yeah that's a big change it's it is a big change it's funny because i am from alberta like i started my career in edmonton so it is kind of a, a coming home of sorts but it's also a city that i've never spent a lot of time in comedically i know a few comics there but not a lot so i feel like i'm starting over in a third scene in 14 months and it's and i have to commend you because not all comics do this full time um you are someone who you really truly hustle you get yourself work you put in the work and and as we know that's not just getting up on stage and telling jokes there's Mm -hmm. so much work i wish it was (laughs) behind the scenes of comedy that like if you don't do that work, you're not gonna you're not gonna make traction. No, and that traction can be slow. Like you said, you were here 14 months. Yeah, and you're just now feeling uncomfortable. Like, so it's a lot of work. But I mean, like at the same time, it's like I you're you are prepared for it. Yeah, and that's a good thing in a yeah. way. You're so you're the personality type that I think could be fine. Like, could do fine in a new scene. You just but well, it, I, I, also I know I will. It's just it's it's daunting a little bit, and yeah. I'm so such a magnet for anxiety. Anyways, that you know I'll take little concerns and then make them a big deal in my head so like i'm sure once i get there that's part of it too is like my girl's there now you know i wish i could just be there and kind of jump in and start doing it but instead i'm like wrapping up loose ends here and just not there to see it so like i just can't picture it you know right and and where exactly what city is it again calgary calgary yeah okay cowtown cowtown um, and is it, are you living, are you going to be living? We're living almost right downtown. Like I'm oh, really, bitchin'. I'm really excited Sweet. to be city living again. Like that's right. the thing without here is I'm a little out of town. I never really got the, uh, nightlife vibe of Halifax cause you know, I yeah. drove in every time. So Well, and in Halifax, it's tough because if you do live outside the city, it's not like there's a bunch of options that will take you into the city unless you're driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not driving, you're pretty f- <laughs> like even me being where I am and I'm about 10 minutes outside the downtown core I've often thought just how convenient it would be for me to be downtown because like when I have the yucks touring people on yeah I have to tell them like it's a $15 cab ride from the western mm-hmm. and like and then sometimes I offer to pay sometimes I can't pay yeah of course it's just like it's just this whole thing whereas like if I was downtown I could be like oh I'm right up the street yeah. from the western come stop by it, w- it would do me really good in oh, that yeah. way and just being close to the open mics and stuff because I do thought find, about moving yeah yeah absolutely you know what the problem is the price yeah so when I like years and years ago like probably four or five years ago when i was like looking for a one bedroom 
the prices weren't this bad. Right. They are, even in the last year, the prices of a one-bedroom apartment have gone way up. Sir, it's why we bought. Like, yeah. You know, like, it, yeah. it was so crazy to be looking for an apartment downtown uh, Halifax and being like, this is on par with what we were paying in Toronto, which is insane. Insane. Yeah. You know? Toronto's like, madness. It's, I mean, Toronto's still higher. It is still but, higher. Yeah, which is why I always preface it by saying... This is better than other cities. Yeah. But that's why I choose not to go to those other cities. Like, yeah. people ask me all the time, why not move to Toronto? Why not move to Ottawa? Or, like, yeah. um, I mean, other than my extreme anxiety, which we've right. talked about, it's like, I can't afford to. Unless you're hiring me for a job mm-hmm. that pays me, like, double what I'm making now, yeah. I don't think I could afford to move. Yeah. And this apartment, though there's, like, I, it's kind of small and, you know, there's issues with it. This is, like, 825 for a one-bedroom in Halifax, not too shabby. Yeah. Like if you're lo- if you look now, it's oh god, that's nine fifty at the least. Oh, usually for sure. And, and most still, of them are a thousand. And that's still this area, Clayton Park. You know, that's still not downtown. Not obviously. downtown. Like downtown, no. you're looking thirteen hundred at least. And downtown, um, they take these pieces of trash, historic buildings mm. or like historic homes, and charge. So much in rent. These mm. places aren't renovated. They're probably infested with mice. Yeah. And just because it's downtown, they jack that price right. up, and they get the they get these like richer students that are like living on yeah. student loans, paying them because they're so close to universities. Yeah. So that's the, the mice other are issue. friendlier downtown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they smell like the harbor. <laughs> get that harbor. It's a scent. real Halifax fucking <laughs> deal. Yeah. Like I even have mice in this apartment. But mind you, like there's units in this building that are like renovated and a little nicer, but you do have to pay more. Right. So I do think that it is like you get what you pay for. Right. And to be honest, for me, I can't see myself ever buying a home just mm-hmm. financially. I'm just like, I don't think that's ever gonna happen for mm-hmm. me as a single gal. Um the best I can hope for is to get to a point financially where I could get a two bedroom right. and have a studio room. Yeah. That's my dream. Like like when people ask me What's your ideal like housing situation? I'm like a nice yeah. two bedroom apartment with a dishwasher and a second bedroom yeah. for a studio. That would be my goal. Dishwasher one. Dishwasher studio second. Maybe <laughs> if it's a bigger living room, I can make it work. But like as you can see, I'm pretty cramped in here. Yeah, it's like my living space. But I mean, look at us. Look at right? us. You can't tell we're not in a studio. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was texting with Nathan McIntosh, I was like, my shitty studio's out on Elevette Street. And he was like, ha you're really selling this on me. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> and then I wrote back and I was like, actually, no, I, I like my studio. It is just, it is uh, small. Um, but what do you expect? It's a free podcast yes. that, you know, isn't really making me any money. So, Are you slowly starting to be able to monetize this thing? No. No. What do you? What are the steps you need to? Is it you is it need, listenership you need more yeah, of? Yeah, extravagant. Yeah, it, podcasting is so tough because it's so oversaturated. Everyone mm-hmm. has one. There's mm-hmm. so many, and really, it's the top ten percent that get to do those things. Right. And those are like the you know those are celebrity podcasts. Those right. are you need or you need to be like a true crime podcast, which those are huge. And right, they get a lot of listeners. Comedy is tough. Comedy is a tough one. Yeah, because to... every comedian has a podcast. Exactly. Yeah. So you need, I think it's like the, a minimum of like twenty thousand downloads wow. an episode. Right. Like, can you imagine twenty thousand people? And you're doing all right, though, aren't you? Like, I'm doing. You're... I'm doing okay. Um, I would say that it's. Can we talk numbers, or we do you not want to like? I mean, I, I won't say specific numbers, but I'll say that like I recently experienced a drop, and I don't know why. 
Um, there was like a massive drop recently, and I'm I'm just weird. Like, it, it's just tough because you're kind of screaming out into the void. You're kind of putting these things out. Yeah, you don't always get feedback. Most of the feedback I get are from the comedy scene, right. and I've never gotten any bad feedback. Right, everyone's just like, oh, I loved so and so's episode. Yeah. Uh, like so, it's it's always been a positive thing. I've never gotten bad feedback, and when people don't download, you don't know if it's because they didn't choose to download, or maybe something fucked up with their phone. Yeah, I know that like some podcast apps, like they. Um, if you don't download the fir- like the most recent two episodes, it'll stop automatically downloading them. So you're actually not getting the downloads, right? Unless you go in and click start downloading yeah. again. So it's a little tricky, and I really huh. don't know why. That's interesting. Um, I'm still gonna. I still love it. I'll still do yeah. it. But it is the downloads are inconsistent. Say, when you say a drop, you mean like in the last two months? Two months. Weird. I was at an all-time high in July. Like the highest amount of downloads. When did you start doing the video? (sighs) Like soon after. It would have been like maybe around March. Okay. Maybe. I'm glad the answer's not two months ago. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I I wouldn't even think that it would be that. I mean, hopefully people aren't just watching on YouTube and not downloading. Yeah. That would be concerning to me. Um, I think it just adds an extra cool element. Um, for people wanting to consume it, um, so I, it's just like there's no way to know unless yeah. people tell me. Yeah. Um, there's no way to know. And the tricky thing too is, is like I really love interviewing comedians, but I can't do it every week because yeah, like of it's such a small scene. Yeah. And logistics oh wise, especially especially just with comics you want to have on. Like, exactly. What's the list like after you? And that's the thing. Once you have the ten to twenty comics on, you want to have. And then you doubled it back into then returning, you back, which is great. Yeah. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that, like, when I say that there's a drop, I don't think that that's personal to, like, the people I'm having on. It right. Could, it could no. be a number of things. It could be format. It could be pacing. It could be, like, there's so many reasons why someone would just yeah. lose interest in a podcast. Could be summer. Yeah. I had someone, I there was a one-star review left on, on it that said that, uh... It, what was it? It was like something, it actually said that my pacing was slow and I thought that was hilarious because I'm like such a fast talker and usually my episodes cover a lot (laughs) in one episode. So I thought that was weird, a weird uh, piece of feedback to get. If your listenership dropped because of one one one-star review... Fuck your listeners. Fuck, <laughs> fuck you, you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. It's important. I mean, I, the, the fact of the matter, like, I truly do love doing this and, uh, I'll keep doing it yeah. even if the, the numbers go down. But I mean, it does get to a point where, like, if the numbers are really low, like, what's going on? Like, you know, is this, uh, worth the time and effort? Um, but I, I for now it is. Yeah. For now it is. I'm happy. Well, fun. you enjoy it. That's I'm all that matters. I'm learning so much. Yeah. Is the thing too. Yeah. It's kind of selfish in a way. And it's funny with stuff like this, like with podcasts or like comedy or anything arts driven, yeah. you can kind of feel like you're just pounding your head against the wall yeah. for years and years and years and feel like you're not doing anything different. And then all of a sudden just feel like you're taking a, a, a huge step forward, right? Yeah. yeah. And so you just kind of got to keep going. Keep going. I think that that's the key. Yeah. Because a lot of people have told me, well, Sarah, like, why don't you just scale it back? Like, why don't you do like one every two, two weeks? And I'm like, no, I'm really terrified of losing momentum. Yeah. It's kind of like a comedian. Like, if you just were like, I'm going to take two weeks off from mics or I'm going to take, you're going to get rusty. You don't get like, better by doing less. That's never no. a thing. No. It's never a thing. I totally agree with you. So no I, musician's like, 
I was playing guitar in my room eight hours a day and was like, you know what? Maybe I should scale it back to once a week. Right. And then really found my sound. Right. <laughs> and I understand why people say that, you know, to a degree. But I kind Yeah, because there are people with jobs who are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> doing arts in your life. Like, of course you should scale it back. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. Like we were talking before, these mics turn on about depression. And yeah, it's funny because the podcast brings me so much joy, and I've definitely like had the most success in the podcast in the last year. But personally, it's been the worst year. Mm-hmm. It's and it's just strange how that cor- correlates. Yeah, and it's because I'm probably putting a lot of my time into this mm-hmm. as a distraction mm-hmm. from other life things. Right. <laughs> Right. So there's a weird uh, contrast. But I, I think that if I were ever scale back, I would probably just say, hey, I'm taking two or three weeks off. Yeah. I'll be back. Don't worry. Go back to. Yeah. Take a couple weeks off and go back to yeah. weekly. That's yeah. smarter than. Recharge. Than skipping. Than going. Scaling back to once every two weeks. Because like, I think I'd get lazy. Yeah. Like kind of like a gym membership. And that's the thing, too, is if you're doing it once every two weeks, it's easy to just skip it. And then Fuck it's. Off. And then it's. And then it's once every month. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like, like I, I, I have kind of these streaks where I'll do a bunch. Like, I record it with Tyler Morrison, who is right. at Yuck Yucks, on the Saturday. I'm recording with you today. God, and hopefully funny, somebody eh? else on Thursday. So that's three in a week. Bam. I got two weeks backlogged. Sweet. Yeah. So, like, I'll, I'll now and then hit these strides. Yeah, of course. Where you can lay down three in a week and then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, good for a few weeks. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's a grind. Yeah. Like, comedy is a grind. Yeah. Like, uh... <sighs> Like anything worth doing, I think. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it, truly. It's People say that to me all the time, and I'm just like, I <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess you just do it enough. It's, I don't know. I'm just like, well, it's better than warehousing. I know like, exactly what you mean. Like, and I get frustrated. Like the amount of times where I'm just banging my head against the wall feeling like I should just fucking get a job. Like it would just be easier to get a job and not even financially. Like financially, I've actually been pretty decent this year. Yeah. I mean, June was hard, but if there's a comic in this country that June isn't tough on, fucking hats that's, off That's to what them. I've heard. <laughs> I've heard that summer can be harder. I don't understand it. Well, I do. It's because Canada, you're just like, as soon as the sun comes out and it's warm, everyone's like, let's drink outside. And it's lighter for yeah. longer. So if shows are starting at eight, people are still on patios. It's still sunny out. And there's nothing weirder than starting a comedy show when like the sun <laughs> is shining through the windows. And every- it's yeah. very strange. Yeah. It does really feel like a darker Oh, of course. Darker thing to do. And there's nothing like a show in January when you come in at eight o'clock. It's been dark for three hours. You grab a beer and you're like, let's fucking have some fun. Like, I totally agree. Yeah. It feels like a more where it's the opposite in June when you come in and you are coming in off the patio or you're like, you've been working all day and you're like, I want to just like enjoy this weather yeah and then you go in to do comedy and it's almost like the sun is taunting you out the window and you're like (laughs) you're watching people have fun and stuff and you're looking around at like all the other fucking comics that are miserable and you're like why am i doing this like why am i and i'm the comic wondering that right so that's why summer's hard i think (laughs) it's it's just it's just tough to get people to go see live comedy yeah it really 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 is and it's so hit or miss. It's so open mics are so hit or miss. Yeah. Like there are some nights that are so great. Yeah. And other nights that I'm just like, oh boy. 
There's three people here. It's weird. I mean, even pro shows. I mean, I played uh, the Comedy Club in Prince George this weekend. Sonar, shout out. They're really cool little club in northern BC. Mm. And uh, the Friday show was packed. It was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. And then Saturday, almost nobody, (sighs) rough show, right? And it was just like, why is this? Like, I don't understand. What's what's, And there's no formula there's no equation there's no way to crack it really and comedy rooms are hilarious because <laughs> the guys the people running comedy rooms always have an excuse for why it was garbage right oh <laughs> yeah. it was too nice there was another event something was happening yeah the wind was blowing east west you know like <laughs> people were getting storm chips mm-hmm. yeah the weather the weather i think we're just in halifax and nova scotia like so affected by the weather mm-hmm. the weather but that's can make everywhere. or break plans. Yeah. That's true. I have such a small view of the world because I've only ever lived right. here. I really should move somewhere else. Well, or drive across the country. <laughs> no joke. Oh, oh do you, you don't know about my fear of driving. Oh, I don't know of your fear of driving. <laughs> I'm terrified of driving. Can you passenger? Yeah. Oh, you're like, even not even that. I'm a little, um, ask anyone who's, had me as a passenger i do tend to um hold the holy you're shit the, handle you're the mother in the car a little like, bit or like if, if they just break a little too yeah. hard i'll gasp I'll right be, <gasps> right and it's so funny like I was, mom yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah i kind of am i was driving with robbie vino once he was driving me home yeah and uh and i let out a little like <gasps> and he's just and it's so funny seeing especially men react to how i am in a car because right. they'll just be like just calm down. Yeah. Like, like, I'm just like, it was just a gas. Yeah. It was just, <laughs> like, a, you, it was just you, a terrified gas. I don't know what's wrong here. I just love the words calm down. Cause it's like every time I've been told that has you been. You always calm right down, right? It's or, so soothing. No. Calm down. And you're like, sure. Of course. Thank you for telling me this. <laughs> if only I had thought of this on my own. It's always been when I could have been way less calm. Right. And I just think you guys are funny. You're like, you have no idea the lack of calm I really could put out right now. Holy <laughs> shit. I used to be real bad with like kind of temper tantrums and oat breaks. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've gotten way better, but I'm still pretty high strong. Good for you. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like we talked about anxiety. And, oh, yeah. And, and, like what? So you say that you you having, you having kind of have some anxiety as well. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. tend to be an You an overthinker. That yeah, that's what it is. You overthink everything. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I feel like a I'll lot I'll leave of situations people. feeling good about it. And then by two days later, I'm like, well, I really fucked that situation up. <laughs> and is there anything that makes you, th- any cues that you pick up on that make you think that? Or is, is it just your own head? You know what? A lot of it is, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the situations I put myself in because as a comic, you're in bars a lot. So like. I'll have three yeah. beers and I've always been a guy with three beers in me. My lips start going and there's no filter. And then like, you know, I think I'm having a good time, but then I'll, I'll think back on that and be like, Oh, did I upset did that you person? Someone? Or yeah. did I you know, say the wrong thing the wrong way? Did I look like an idiot? Did I cost myself a gig? Did I present myself professionally? Uh, you know, there's lots of things I can yeah. worry about. That's actually very fair. <laughs> well, it's not. It's silly, but I mean, I get it though. If I've... I'm not going to worry about it, who is right? So, <laughs> well, did you ever? I know that on the boys club you were talking about a set that you did when you were drunk. 
Oh yeah, I do this. I do this once a year. Once, <laughs> once a, year, a year. Once a year, I'll get shit faced, go on stage, and think that I destroyed, and then we'll listen back and be like, "Oh, I didn't destroy. I was just shit faced." Right? Like I was. <laughs> like I enjoyed that. I'm sure nobody else did though. Right? <laughs> Holy crap! Well, because I always uh, I do record. I record with a lot of people before shows, and I'm always very like leery of like how much booze I should bring or, mm-hmm. like, how much booze they'd want to drink because, like, everyone has their tolerance. Right, or, of like, course. And, like, a lot of... I think a lot of comedians have a beer on stage or before. Um, but I always wonder that because, like... I don't know if I could ever perform drunk. I'd it's be too funny. Nervous. It always depends. I I really don't like to perform drunk because I find even after two beers, I'm not as sharp and I'm right. not as... Uh, and I'm not as caring. And it's so funny because some comics, that fuels them. That's better for them. It loosens and they, them up more. They, they perform better. Yeah. Um, I prefer if I'm going to do something before going up, smoking weed, and then Interesting. being a little bit more just chill. easygoing, chill, malleable with whatever situation. See, but I mean, I'm not saying that I'll get super baked right before going up. Right. But, you know, like 30 minutes before, have a little hoot or two and then, you know. Yeah, a hoot or two. Yeah, 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 you get it. <laughs> I like that. I, I wouldn't be able to do more than hoot. Like, even with podcasting, I try, yeah. I tried to do a high episode and I was like, whoo boy, yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't keep up the combo. Yeah. When high, when I get high, I'm a piece of shit. But it's every, to each their own, right? Like, That's it's what it's like what vice makes you feel the most comfortable and weed has always kind of been my thing even though even though don't get me wrong i love to booze with the best of them right yeah like but it's your it's your thing yeah Yeah. like i don't i would never drink every day but i will smoke weed every oh yeah well i make a joke i'm like i just i wish i could do that because i just i just can't afford to have two vices I just love both of them so much. Right? It's really hard. Mm. <laughs> Gun to your head. If you had to choose one, you'd probably choose weed. Though, I, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would say so. You'd, That's you'd, a hard. You'd one. save weed from the fire if there was a house fire. And you had to if grab there was it. a house fire, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. like cat first. Cat first, cat, very important. Fiance, wife second. Yeah, <laughs> fiance second. <right>? No. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask you about the your fiance. Yeah, because because you, you weren't engaged when you were on the no. show. No, no, no. Okay, so how did this engagement happen? Tell me oh, everything. So it's funny. I'd been planning to. Uh, ask her for, I'd kind of decided I wanted to marry her like 18 months ago is when I was like, okay, this is happening. Aww. But now I need to like, and it's funny because the ring she wanted wasn't even that crazy expensive, you know? Like it was enough that I had to, as a comic, save for it a bit. Right. But like, and how did you know? Did she tell you what kind of ring she wanted? This oh, yeah. is what I'm always fascinated oh by. Oh, she told you right away. Uh, for like four years, <laughs> I've been getting like, like, just random text with a ring. So like I, I, there was like a, I, what I had done is I had taken every time she sent me something and just put it in a, a notes thing. Oh, nice. And so I kind of like had a few to choose from <laughs> and like, yeah. So wow. And she was getting very impatient. In fact, she, really? Yeah. So she was really, uh, because we had talked about it and I was like, yes. Yeah. Obviously, we will get married. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because we were dating for eight years. So, like, ob- I mean, obviously, we weren't just going along without communicating where <laughs> things were going. Exactly. Right? But she was definitely getting impatience with... Making it official. For me, I, marriage... I, and, I mean, she hates when I say this, but marriage means fuck all to me. I could care less about it. 
I'm getting married because it's what she wants to do. And like, it's not going to affect me at all either way. I I mean, people say that that's crazy. Sometimes they're like, of course it's going to change. I don't think it is. Like we've been living together for six years. We've been dating for eight. I don't know how... What can fuck? What yeah, exactly. Can, what can change that much? And maybe this is, you know, but I don't know. No, I think that that's a good sign. I it's, think it's when it does change that you're probably in trouble. So I was just yeah. kind of at the point where I was like, you know what? If it's going to make her that much happier. It's funny because one of the things that pushed me over the edge was fellow comedian Kirsten Finch. Right? Oh, uh, yes. A uh, 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 podcast uh, alumni, if you yes. will. Um, I'll be having her back on too. Intoxicated alumni. Yes. Uh, we had a talk where she was like, no way. yeah. And she was like, so what are, what's holding you back? And I was just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, and, and then we were talking. And one of the things she said is like, you know, I was really in the same situation, really putting the pressure to my guy. And I was going crazy at times. And like, <sighs> and I was like, so now that you're married, are you like, it, it it's not even a big deal. She's like, no, I'm legitimately happier. I'm like, you're really? legitimately happier. Interesting. And she was like, yes. And I was like, well, fuck. Then I guess maybe I should. Like, if you're legitimately happier after it's happened and it doesn't affect me at all, then why would I? That's so not fascinating. Do it, right? That's really interesting. Because right? it's like, is it just the reassurance of forever? I don't Maybe? know. It seems silly because, like, divorce is 50%. So, like, it, I don't know. I am but. with, like, I am so just, like, I don't really, I used to be such that girl that was, like, I want to have a big wedding. And mm-hmm. I, like, and things have just changed drastically for me. I don't, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I don't think it matters. But, <laughs> but... If I did find someone that I was dating for yeah. an extended period of time, I think I would end up wanting it. I don't know what it is. I, hey, no, of course. It's and, strange. It must be a, it must be a way in which we're socialized that women I yeah, I, I think it is. Of course. Yeah, it's the, been beaten. It's not just women, it's been beaten to men too. The like true. marriages. I mean, this is what you need to do. There's been a ladder set out of success with each rung where you you graduate high school, you go to college, you find your mate, you get married, you, get you a buy nine to five, a house, nine to five job, nine to five job. Yeah. You you have a kid. Yeah, you know, like you it's, raise those it, kids, you die. There is like a ladder of success in life, kind of yeah. set out as like the blueprint for yeah. everyone, and it's not for everyone, no. but it's societally kind of what has been pressed onto us, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I yeah. totally get that way of thinking, and and you know what? If it again, like I said, if it makes her happier, so it's kind of funny because I bought the ring, uh, end of January, so literally like oh, wow. pretty quick after, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I was. Going to Costa Rica with her at the beginning of March. And I was like, I'm going to propose in Costa Rica. And the ring fucking didn't come. Oh, for fuck's sake. So <laughs> I'm in. I And what I had done is I had arranged it to be because I ordered it uh, out of the place she wanted in New York. Yeah. It took longer than I thought getting there. I didn't get it before we left. I was like, whatever. I guess I'll propose another time. Right. Um, my buddy that I had given my buddy the, an, or I'd given the ring company my buddy's address oh, so that nice. it didn't come to me, right? Uh-huh. And tip her off. So oh God, that'd be he bad. sent me a text <laughs> of um your ring the ring for Taylor is here, blah blah blah, right? Now in the text just above that, I had sent him a list of names for my album that I had recorded yeah. at the time. And so 
we were in Costa Rica. Oh, no. I was shit faced, and I I take I I'm like, can I get your opinion on some of these album names? So I, I open up this text and I no, I put no, it to no, her, and no, she like no, so no, she's no. going over the names and then sees the text below. <laughs> But of course, I didn't know this, right? Like, I didn't know. I'm fucking shit-faced in Costa Rica. So, and which was funny because I remember her getting really weird <gasps> after that. And I'm like... She, Did she react when she saw... When, like, was there a facial Yeah, reaction? she just, she just like, shut down all of a sudden. Oh, my God. And I oh was God, like, oh I was God. so mad. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, she can't even take time. We're on vacation. She can't take 30 seconds to give input on my comedy career? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Especially I, an album name. That's a big deal. Right, that's what I thought. And then what I didn't know is that, like, she had just found out that I had just bought a ring for her to propose. Oh and, like, gosh. she was just like... So now she's losing her mind. She, of course, she's texting with her mom and stuff. All of this... All unbeknownst to me, right? Like, obviously, I had no idea. So then when I did propose, like, she was all excited and stuff. And then she was like, I can't help it. I got to tell you, like, I knew. And I was like, you fucking knew. (gasps) At least she went until after. (laughs) Yeah. Because nothing would have been worse than her going, oh, I know. Before you did it. Oh, God. I I mean. Oh, boy. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. So where, what was the specifics of when you asked? Uh, Well, we... Do you know Polly's Cove by Peggy's Cove? Yeah. 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 So it's Polly's Cove is just like right. It's a, it's about five kilometers from Peggy's Cove and it's not near as popular. There's no lighthouse. Peggy's hotter cousin. Right. Hotter, right. older, hotter, less known cousin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Polly and Peggy. So, so we walked out there and like, it's funny cause I had like come up with like this great fucking speech, <laughs> got down on one knee and it, my brain was blank. Like Aww. she turned around and I was just like, uh, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She just started bawling and was well, like, yeah. "Well, I, I don't think I think that it's something that she wanted. That yeah, wouldn't the speech would be nice? Yeah. but it, it doesn't. She even said matter. to me, "She's like, I'm so glad you didn't give some lame speech." And I was like, "Oh man, because she just be like, I wrote such a sweet lame speech. Get to the point. Get to the point. <laughs> yeah, Come on, yeah. let's roll through this. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's so <laughs> exciting. And you said I, I listened to Boys Club uh, that you're you're just gonna do a simple wedding." Yeah, we're well, we're going to Africa, so as simple <gasps> as that is. But Whoa. yeah, we're pretty much eloping is what the plan is. Um we we invited our parents yeah. and our siblings, and if they come, they come. If they don't, they don't. No pressure. I, we know that it's uh on the other side of the world. And uh, and both of our like we had gone to Africa to Namibia uh two years ago, and it was the right. best time of our life. Oh, and yes. so we really wanted to like do a wedding, honeymoon, all together type of thing. I love that. And uh, and a place that's special to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And both our parents have been divorced. And so we figured if we make it far enough away, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the ones who really want to come will come. And the ones yes. who it doesn't really make that big of a difference to won't. And that's fine. Like, I know. I've always said it. Getting invited to like a destination wedding, although it can be like pricey. And yeah. I, I totally understand people being like, I don't want to go, but it is a great reason. Yeah. To consider traveling to that place. Of course. It's like a catalyst, right? So like, fuck, I've always wanted to go to Africa. If I was rich, I'd go, Scott. Yes. And you would be more than welcome. <laughs> I would, uh, Africa. Wow. Yeah. My brothers are so excited. Like, so Namibia is very cool. It's actually a country right next to South Africa. It had been, um, what's the word colonized i guess yes. by germany to start with and then germany gave them their independence and then south africa was like actually 
that independence right. means nothing. You're now part of us. Uh, and then they were just in the 80s given their actual full independence as a country. And it's mostly parkland. So it's all nice. like safari and stuff like that. Ugh. It's one of the uh, smallest populated countries in the in the uh, world. Oh. And uh, yeah, it was just magical. Like we, we literally rented a car and drove ourselves, which was kind of fucked because it was on – you're driving on the other side of the road. Yeah. So that was That's very scary. weird. But also – like when we were driving through uh, the parks, it's just gravel roads that you're on by yourself for hours. hours. Like there's something about it. And you're driving for 20 minutes next to herds of zebras that oh like literally it's just like there's got to be hundreds of thousands of them. Right? Holy like you're shit. Just, you're just driving and driving or like the amount of times we had to stop on the road to let giraffes pass. Like it was just oh, so surreal. It was so awesome. So cool. Oh, it was very, very cool. Holy it was just, fuck. Yeah. Like, out of this world. Yeah, it was... Uh, it's just a totally different world. Just an experience and a half. And it was really eye-opening, too, with the whole... Because you have this vision of Africa that World Vision kind of sets up that they're all... They're, the poverty is extreme and they're living in the right. dirt. And there is that. I'm there not is saying that. there isn't that. But it is a lot more industrialized than people realize. It's a lot more westernized than people realize. Yeah. Uh, there's... The people who are in those destitute situations... Are living off the land. They, they're, they've been doing this for thousands of yeah. years and they live very prosperously in the wet seasons and very much like the animals in the dry seasons. Yeah. It's fucking hard. Right. And so when there's water and animals around and the vegetation and stuff is growing easily in the wet season, right. it's, it's, you know, it's great. It's just like it, that's how they. That's their life. Yeah. So they make it. I, I watched a documentary once that was about babies. I think it was literally just called Babies. Mm-hmm. And it was about like babies of different cultures and how uh, they're parented and yeah. uh, like the differences. And it was talking about how like babies in America are like the, the most temperamental, most unhappy, like most needy. But like babies in Africa who are like playing in a puddle of mud right. are the happiest babies. Yeah. yeah. And it's just so interesting to me. Like is it's, it's you don't so think culturally that. different. It really was uh, a culture shock, right? Like I where imagine. you're just like, this is so crazy. And it was really eye opening too, because the amount of times like beer was cheaper than water. Uh, wow. I got weed first day. Really? Oh yeah. And, and, and is that, was that scary? Like no, that getting... was another thing. I mean, it is interesting because it, it's like. I felt it a few times in Toronto where obviously you're playing a room where you're the only white guy in it, yeah. but to actually legitimately be just stand out like a sore Yeah, thong. like you're really, truly the, the, the outlier. I'd never in my life been like, it would be so awesome to just be black right now and just blend in, <laughs> yeah, right? Because right? like, yeah. the, you, you, the, they, and for good reason, they see a dollar sign on your head, right? As soon yes. as you're white, they see a dollar sign. Yeah. And so- you're approached all the time and you're a little bit higher risk for stuff like robbery and stuff like that. And you feel it, right? right. A little more vulnerable. A little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. Just because of the color of your skin, which was like really eye-opening too, right? Like it, it kind of made me uh, respect and put a little bit more perspective on just some of the things that, you know, people in, you know, different ethnicities mm-hmm. deal with in Canada in small areas, right? Like right. I remember growing up in Grand Prairie, Alberta, Northern Alberta, and uh, there was... One of my buddies was black and he was legitimately in grade five, the only black person I'd ever met. And everybody amongst all the schools knew Rick, right? Like they just, I mean, it's an old joke. Everyone, oh, everyone knows, 
you know, the black guy, they call him Rick or whatever. But like, it was true, you know, Only one. And I couldn't even it, it, it. It's so weird to think about the fact that it took me to my mid thirties to go to Africa to actually like truly understand what a giant obstacle or what a weird feeling that is of yeah. like just being so obviously different right oh my so, god that's yeah. so true it was cool. when i grew up in aganesh i don't think we even had a black right person. right that's insane and this is this is why sometimes i feel like uh the term racism gets thrown around a, a lot more than there are racist people right no, i'm not i yeah, mean yeah, racism yeah. is a serious problem yeah but i really believe that a lot of it is more ignorance and just yeah. people like not even like Maybe saying hateful things, but not from a place of hate, just because they're so ignorant as to even what it means. Exactly. You know? like, they're not, not used to it at how all. How would someone from Antigonish know, <laughs> uh, you know, the the minute details of microaggressions towards Words. minorities, right? They don't, of course. And the same with sexuality, because right. when I grew up, you know, really there was her, I, me, there was maybe one openly gay person. I don't even think that they were that open. And, I mean, yeah. it's why transgender people at this moment are dealing with so much is it's oh, just God, yeah. it's been it was just it wasn't even a sector of the population no. even though it was it was but it, but it, it was such seen. an under the rug yeah. like don't talk about it like so much more than even homosexuality which, which was also buried at the time so, right? so true like, yeah so so it's crazy to think about the young kids growing mm-hmm. up today mm-hmm. and what they're exposed to it's crazy it is crazy compared to what we experienced you know even, like, even the amount of young kids that i'm just like like, um, one of my good friends in Winnipeg, she has a queer son and he's 11. Nice. And I'm just like, that's crazy. At, at 11, I had no fucking idea who I was. <laughs> right? Like, I, at 11, I was still like, oh my God, am I gay? Like, I, I didn't know. Like, I was just like, when do you find out? Like, you know, like, I, <laughs> well, so many people, like, in their 30s, are and usually, he, like, he was just, like, so openly gay and, like, so, really? like, he was just, like, so comfortable with it. And I'm like, this is insane. And it was, it was, like, heartwarming to see almost that yeah. this is where society has come, you know? Like, we're actually. Kids are so much more self-aware because they're exposed. Mm-hmm. They're, like, they're exposed to so much more and they see it out there more. So they're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm gay too. Like, and this is where, like, it makes you think, yeah. The whole being upfront and honest and liberated with yourself and like being totally accepting of everyone who whatever they want to do, they're doing. Yeah. You know, it does it does like foster this confidence in the youth of yeah. whatever they truly feel they are, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. Cause that's yeah. something fuck, I didn't know who I was until I was almost thirty. I still don't know. <laughs> right? Like you're I still like, like, I feel like I'm still figuring it yeah. out. I don't know about you, but Yeah, no. It, no. <laughs> It's just, life's a humbling experience. <laughs> Life is truly like. Do you ever look at people and think like, how the fuck has things just been so linear for certain people, and for other people, it's been like all over the place. Like it's it's just mm-hmm. a fascinating. It is so thing fascinating to think about because I often take myself like the older I get, the more I start checking things off that I know aren't going to happen. Like I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm never going to have a relationship. I'm never going to be married. Like, I need to just accept that and move on. And it's, it's just so strange yeah. how time, like, well, I mean, for one, I should say, I'm terrified of death. So I'm always right. thinking about dying right. and, and how, you know, I only have so much time left. Right. And, and like, that really hits, that really hit me in my 30s. I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but like, when I hit 30, I was like, oh, gotta start yeah. building roots, I'm, I'm, building I'm bricks kind waiting, of thing. I'm waiting for 50 to have that 
existential you, crisis. So are you? Knock on wood. You haven't had it yet? I No, death hasn't really like been something I've worried too, too much really? about. Oh, I'm way more worried about the impending doom of the environment than I am. That's right. <laughs> You're like, yes. oh yeah, I forgot about your crazy. But I mean, did you see, okay, I need to ask you that. Did you see that speech by the young kid? Uh, who, Greta. Yes. Greta Thorn- did you, Thornburg. Did you see yeah, that? Pretty inspiring, eh? What did you think? I loved it. Holy smokes. I loved it. Yeah, that was great. It's it's it really hit me in my guts. Mm-hmm. That speech, re- like especially the part where she was like, "You turn to us for hope." How dare you? Yeah, I was like, "Oh my!" God. Yeah, no, it's true. Oh my god, she's so right. Yeah, because I say it all the time. I'm like, "Oh, the the young people give me hope." Yeah, it's like what the fuck? Yeah, why are we putting all they're this like, pressure on them? They're like, "You don't deserve the hope." Like, it's yeah. true. No, she was, and and I went like to her Instagram, and I was like, "Holy." fuck this chick has been like an activist and she has Asperger's yeah. apparently yeah. as well and she's done all this stuff and I'm just like what the fuck have I done mm-hmm. what <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just so crazy but it also makes me feel like I can do more like it it, it, it does it, it's um encouraging too right encouraging. To, to see that much hope in that generation and be like you know what if they can fucking put in a little effort to save this planet I we can, can also research the parties and vote for someone with a fucking environmental plan, right? Like there you go. That's that's the least that you could do. Least, absolute least I can do as Is someone vote who votes. For the, absolutely, and I think it's important to vote. Listen, I'm not. I don't know too much about politics. Yeah. I'm not. I would not call myself an expert in any way. No, but I will never not vote. Yeah, I refuse to never like. And I and I truly am someone who doesn't really care that much. I should care more, but I will always vote. These people who don't vote, I don't understand why, you know? I get it a little. I I see the choices that we have right now, and it makes me want to not vote. Like, Right, it's like, what evil is the best? I, I, which is, <laughs> I, I, just, I just hate that feeling, yeah. you know? Like, the conservative party, do you mind if we talk politics yeah, no, we for a totally second here? Politics. Okay, so... The Conservative Party should run away with this election. It yeah. blows – all they had to do was run a leader that wasn't fucking being questioned on how small-minded and anti-LGBTQ he was. Mm-hmm. You know, like all they had to do was run a moderate, fiscally conservative leader. Right. And the Conservatives would win this by a land – the fact that Trudeau, after the last four years, is still a viable candidate – Mm-hmm. is insane mm-hmm. and then the fact that people view the conservatives and the liberals as like the only two choices is right. also insane because there are other choices yes, there is. and i hate that idea <laughs> of people being like oh you've got to vote strategically yeah. if you don't want if you don't want sheer in you gotta vote for Trudeau. If you don't want Trudeau in, you gotta vote for Sheer, but like, th- that's such bullshit. Like, we're, we're choosing votes based on who we don't want. Uh, exactly. And power. And the only people saying yeah. vote strategically are liberal, <laughs> are liberal supporters and conservative con- yeah. supporters. It's, Absolutely. Th- and they don't give a fuck no. about what you actually um, idealize as your values, right? Like, Seriously, like th- they don't care yeah. about how you feel about the environment or, or how you prioritize the the points in the election that actually matter most to you right so like i just feel like and this is kind of my little soapbox here while we're, Get on we're the doing so- it but listen like, you're you're leaving the vote province. for who you want make, fuck strategic voting make your own fucking choices especially the with research. the chance especially with the chance of it's probably going to happen 
uh, a minority government. Right. So if it is a minority government, whether it's conservative or liberal, the parties that are going to make the difference are going to be the lesser parties, like the Greens and the NDP, yeah. who are going to need to be brought on board with the conservatives or the liberals, whoever's in the minority power. And mm-hmm. they're going to need to give concessions that yeah. that party wants to get what they want done. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if the conservatives have to buddy with the NDP, I really believe that's the best thing that could happen for this country. There you go. Uh, yeah. Everyone's like, oh, if it's yeah. not a majority, how are they going to get anything done? Well, like, if you look at Harper's best years, it was yeah. his first four years when he had to buddy up with the NDP to get shit done, right? right. Like, because he was a minor. And then they gave him full reign, and he deregulated all the environmental stuff, and everyone started hating him. Right. And, but he, he did stuff. Well, I mean. Bad stuff. Yeah, he did whatever he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my. Canadian politics is so complicated. It's so crazy to me. They are complicated, but it's one of those things where it's – it's all surface education, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's taking, and this, listen, this is a big ask, right? Yeah. It's taking three hours and yeah. going over all of the, the platform. Yeah. And educating yourself. And, and honestly, the time. I know three hours doesn't sound like a lot, but of course it is. It is. And a lot of people don't do it. Nobody does it. Mm-hmm. I bet you there's 5% of the voting population that actually looks into it, right? Yeah. It's, and also to find a party that, Hits all of your values? Well, there's not one. There's there's no way. So you almost have to... It's a tough decision. Yeah. It is. It's so really it's tough. why you, you got to be educated. And it's There's a lot of people too who have like uh, party loyalty, which I just... Seen. Yeah, like like I grew up always voting for this party. I've so. been a conservative all my life and I will only vote conservative, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, why are you... We're not... They're not sports teams. They're fucking... It's Seriously. the government. <laughs> Like, you don't have to go down with the ship. Like, you're allowed to vote for someone and then not like the job they're doing. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You're allowed I, to like a sports team but say they had a shitty game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's just like. I, I never the, understood that. The people who, like, feel like liberalism is a part of them and they have, they're like. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucked up. Oh, boy. This world. This world's going to shit. <laughs> Right, you the climate, Twitter? the climate change stuff is truly scary. It, it's incredibly scary. And like I, I, you know, I make jokes all the time. I'm like, oh, I use straws, like, yeah. eh, like I'm a piece of shit. But like, it's scary. It, 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 like, I mean, we see it with like the extreme weather we have. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not and, noticing it, you're a fucking yeah. idiot. Like, seriously. And th- and this is the thing too is like the people who are on at the forefront of the anti climate change. Yeah brigade or whatever right the people who are like it's a hoax it's not happening it's all these rich dudes who are worried about their taxes right it's just like yeah i'm not saying carbon tax is the way to go about this i'm not saying that we should be taxing pollution but we should damn rights be taxing pollution and of Mm -hmm. course there should be a price for what we've done over the last hundred years and yeah it does suck that we're the ones who have to deal with the brunt of the consequences for what our generations previous have done to the environment Mm -hmm. but it's either we fucking do and we continue to preserve this planet or we just all die seriously though like what what's the benefit of the rich people like i i I guess the rich the one percent can probably afford to make little bunkers or whatever but what what kind of life is that even for them like yeah (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. 
Jesus. <laughs> uh, good talk, Sarah. <laughs> good. <laughs> For some reason, it always comes back to the end of the world uh, yeah, with us. Right. Bro, we are, uh, you know, fuck talking about my Halifax comedy scene. Let's talk about how let's, the, let's the planet. Let's talk about we're all dying. The planet is going to. Do you think that you'll be around for it? Uh, I think the crunch time is coming up. I think we're going to see it. Well, I, I, I think, I think, honestly, I think that like we're still 20 years away from, um, you know, gas masks and extreme Holy flooding. And, shit. but I don't even know. Like just, this is just all from what I'm reading. And like a lot of times you read stuff where scientists are like, we're fucked in five years. Like, I know, you know? Like, you're like, oh! different, different info from different sources. Yeah. It's like the weather. Like, meteorologists telling you different things i mean the thing that's really scary is the mass extinctions going on and like we're actually in the midst of the sixth mass extinction in earth history and this is what and this is where the people who are like this is a natural cycle Mm. don't worry about it this has happened for millions of years and they might even be right yeah but even if they are right and we can slow it down why the fuck are we not slowing Slowing it down why are we doing anything like yeah 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 i mean i I don't know like i don't know what i could do like that i think i feel overwhelmed sometimes with all the things in life i get too focused on my micro version of what my sarah life is and the things going on with me that i often forget about like small things i could do that would make an impact like I know, recycling i know like, it, it sounds know, silly like, it sounds silly but little things make a big difference they really do and because if, if everyone did little things i mean you know look at look at so johannesburg south africa last april was literally at a zero water level which means that there was zero um like no water, water banked, banked uh, water, okay. you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- like their water table was at zero. So like they were working, like when people were turning on their tap, like they were using up their reserves, reserves. like they were down to nothing. So it's like when the power goes out here and, and you're and like they, using reserve water. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so what they did was they, they put a, they basically were like, we're charging you huge money for you to continue to use water for stuff like watering your lawn and stuff. Any spike in water, you're allowed to shower once every four days. You're, you know, like they put yeah. a huge, um, they, they started to really come on, uh, commoditize, commoditize. Yeah. I, I think is that's that the, a word? I, come on. I, I'm come on. trying to, I'm trying to be smart here, but <laughs> I'm not, not drinking that I'm much. not smart. Yeah. No, so, no, 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 no. I'm bad with words. But you know what yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. They started yeah, yeah, to put, yeah, yeah. they started of to put course. money on how much water you were using. Yeah. And it worked. Like, people backed Dude. off and, like... Really? You know, so they're still sitting... You know, they're still... I mean, it's still not good for their water situation, but... So it's it's one of those things where, like, it, yeah, it is little things, like things. turning your heat down at night. It's little things, like... And using less water here. Using less water. Yeah. It's yeah. little things, like, voting for someone with an environmental plan, mm-hmm. right? Like... Oh, so important. Ugh. So, I don't know. I, I mean, what can we do... I, research figure out what you can i should say as well i'm not a huge fan of people who guilt who put on who attack people who maybe don't do as much like i think we should just be educated education should be the rather than shaming like which is what what which was what was so impressive about greta thurnberg is she really she wasn't at no point was she was like you're fucking us yeah. Either, well, she was. She but, was. But she, I think she was talking to specifically the people yes. who are fucking us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not the not the general public walking yeah. there. She, and that's what made it 
so fucking powerful and that image of her i don't know if you saw it, there's like a meme out um where trump passed by her at one point and she was giving him death glares yeah and i was just like oh my gosh if you could just sum up mm-hmm. the last couple of years in a picture well it would be that it's you know, honestly like Trump's done so many offensive things, and the thing that still fucking upsets me the most is doubling down on clean coal. Like, coal? This is what you're going to go back to? It's 2016. He wins the election in 2016. He doubles down on coal? What the fuck? Like, I mean, yeah, the grab or buy the pussy thing, all this terrible stuff he's done, but, like, you're doubling down on coal? Like... What, is 1930? Like, what are we? Uh, fucking insane. He's an idiot. Ugh, just, such an idiot. You on Twitter? I am. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hardly ever look at his tweets, You never though. look at it? I, I, it's so funny, because, like, I've, Twitter's the one social media I kind of get into. Yeah, do you? And, oh, man, when the whole Trudeau-Brown face thing happened, it's oh. the most fun I've ever had on Trudeau in my entire, on Twitter in my entire life. It oh. was hilarious. Like, yeah, like, like, watching the tweets oh come in. Oh, my God. What a fucking. What a mess. Oh. Just the best. I don't know why people aren't um, uh, firing him. Uh, they are. People are pretty upset. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It, this is this is what I said earlier, right? Is like if there was a viable fucking candidate being run for the conservatives right now, this would be a landslide. Mm-hmm. The fact that Trudeau lied about electoral reform, fucked up marijuana so badly. <laughs> yeah. The NSC Lavalin scandal oh yeah. yeah got caught in blackface yeah and yeah. people are still like Ugh, but is he the best candidate like this is what's happening this is how <laughs> fucked up the conservatives are they can't win against a guy like that <laughs> like it's so true though so true 30 percent of Canadians consider themselves religious. We're mm. one of the most most um Only 30? A- only 30. We're really? one of, we're one of the countries with the most atheist agnostic populations in the world. Damn, I never knew that. So what's weird is for the conservatives to rely so heavily on that Christian right vote, right? Because that's what Andrew Shear is, right? He's mm-hmm. a Christian through and through. Um he's very anti-abortion. He's very anti lgbtq although he oh has lessened on that right, right over i mean but he's now also never taken back some of the things he said 10 years ago about how gay marriage is like marrying a dog almost oh right like, you know like little things like that that you're like aye, aye, you, aye. you couldn't find a candidate that was also fiscally conservative and ran with the conservative values but also didn't dehumanize people like yeah. it just seems weird yeah yeah, that is very strange. But and they depressing. saw what, they saw it work with Trump, right? So they yeah. saw they saw getting that 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 alt right, and I hate that word because yeah. I mean, yeah, it's but really, you know what I'm saying, yeah, that, you know, like the the little the further le- right leaning people, mm-hmm. you know, all riled up can work, yeah. But I don't think there's enough of them here to pull it off. No. So even if they win, it's going to be a minority government. I I don't know. I I I, I just think. It's such a silly choice. When's this election happening? Soon? October 24th, I think. Coming up. It's Reg- right away. Like, it's it's three weeks. Make sure you're registered to vote. I yeah. did that. The, I actually did that the other day. Did you? And I am. So I was shocked. It was nice. funny because my, my friends sent in a group chat and uh, so many people replied like, oh, no, turns out I wasn't registered. And I was like, wait, I am? 
Did I do something right? <laughs> I was like shocked that I wasn't the one who fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not that responsible. I'm shocked that I'm, I didn't even get blood work done yeah. recently. I, my doctor was like, here's a thing for blood work. And I just literally forgot to do it. Yeah. And I lost the piece of paper. <laughs> like, I'm so bad at adulting. Do you ever have moments where you're like, oh, fuck, I'm older than I yes. feel like, like. Absolutely, but I also feel very old. It's been happening so much lately with, like, words and just, like, cultural stuff where I'm... Like, I saw a tweet the other day, and I wish I could credit the girl who did it. (laughs) Because she had a ton of likes on it. I'm paraphrasing it, too. Yeah. But the tweet was like, uh, girl, (laughs) I know you say that you're a sapiosexual, (laughs) but eh, I've met your boyfriend. (laughs) And I was like... Wow! <laughs> I have to look up what sapiosexual is. Did you look it up? Yeah. What does it mean? It means attracted to intelligence. Oh, turned okay. on by intelligence. I feel like I knew that. There's also like all these, which like, made me laugh terms. when I googled that, and that's what was was. I was like, <laughs> ironic. It's that's ironic. Funny. There's another group of people that won't fuck me. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because there's also the term demisexual. Do you know what that means? No. That means um, that you need an emotional connection to like be attracted to somebody. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's just like a thoughtful person. Yeah. Like, like right. that's just somebody who like, <laughs> like yeah, isn't gonna bang yeah. strangers. Someone who's like, I love those tits but also when she does that funny thing ah! <laughs> I was like, if i could pick any of the like the new like i think that would be me like i think i need i i usually need to like really know someone to like really like them yeah but so. i mean i think that that term is just if you're gonna have a relationship that's just having a relationship yeah yeah i mean but obviously I there's still I, I i feel like demisexual like those people still have lust moments where it's just like it's not you can still be attracted to someone without but you know but i think that that's what it is i think that this is like because i i know people who who have told me like i find it hard to be attracted to anybody Mm. and it's interesting because i feel like with me there's so much of attraction that is personality based Mm -hmm. like that's why online dating i just suck at because i'm like yes okay you're a fine specimen you look good but yeah yeah (laughs) like what do you talk like what's your vibe what you know like it's just like there's so much more yeah to it and i have issues with that but there's there's so many people who just don't who are just like yeah he's cute i'll go on a date like Mm -hmm. i'm like wow people are so different it's crazy it's a hard it's tough to navigate i do not envy 20 year olds today like no it's such um it's just such a different time, different sexual time. Yeah, like it's, it's really tough. It's so like the amount of guys that I've talked to who are twenty three who are just like, oh yeah, like I don't even uh, if 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 we can't get along online, I don't even want to meet you. Like I don't even know, right? right? And it's just like, and I'm the opposite. I'm like, if, me too. Like if I, if my girl and I were to go separately or whatever, and yeah. I was just on the market again, like I wouldn't. I would be the guy at the bar fucking approaching strangers again, right? Yeah. Like a like a creeper. <laughs> well, I think it's it's time management because in order to do online dating correctly, you need to put the time in. Right. So if you are at all busy and distracted with like other things, you're probably not going to put the time in. You're just going to get matches that you set on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these people who are good at online dating 
actually have the time to do it. And maybe they like it. I don't mm. know. I'm really bitter. I'm going on nine years single. So, like, it's really hard for me to get excited about, like, talking to someone and he liked my message. Like, yeah. I, I just don't. It's going to take a lot for me right. to ever... Like, be like, oh, this could potentially go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. And then just time is so, I'm, time is like my currency. So mm-hmm. I really don't want to waste my time. Right. So that's why I'm really picky with who I go on dates with. Right. Do you think that holds you back a little? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. But it's like kind of one of those choices. Like, do I, st- like, Pull but back on a, other things in life. Sarah, isn't this a double-edged sword a little bit here? Isn't like yes. one of the reasons you're yes, miserable? It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a triple-edged sword. It's a fucking spiked <laughs> yeah. dildo, Scott. It is way more than a sword. <laughs> it's it, you're you're so right. You're you're a hundred percent correct. It's like if I could just, but I think it's like I'm one of those people. Like I just want to have it all, man. Mm. I want to have. The You're good the only job. one out there. I want to have like the good that. job. I want to have the passion project, and I want to have the relationship. But mm. you know, it feels like I can only have two or one. You, you know, know what? It's funny because I feel like I have it all right now, but it also took. Like that's the thing, right? Those first, those first few years in a relationship are not easy because you're trying to navigate. Like I was, I was single my almost my whole life. Yeah, you know, like when I started dating my girl at 29, I'd had three. Four girlfriends that, you know, for three months at a time, you know, like very short, short Short term relationship, nothing that really, you know, more like once the sex fizzled out, it was over type of thing. Not so much long term, not so much. How do we navigate these emotional and, and, uh, mental needs of each other? And how do you fit into each other's life? Exactly. It's such a huge one. And it's funny because now it's seamless, but I mean. That's that's easy to look at and uh, like that's the thing whenever someone looks at my relationship and is like, oh, you're so lucky. It's like, well, yeah, I am lucky, but not really in the sense. It's like saying I'm lucky to be a funny comic. Like it's it's just like I put in the time and the work. Right? You're lucky in the sense that you met her. Yes. But you put in the work to keep her. Exactly. And it's probably the same with comedy. You have a natural talent to being funny, but you put in the hard work. Yeah. You have the work ethic to be a solid comic consistently. Yeah. To to develop an act. And so, I don't know. It's It's such a mix. It's it's never just. just It's like if someone, I'm sure you get podcast compliments all the time, right? Where people are like, oh man. You're so because you I are get, you are very you're very good at interviewing and you're very smooth on the microphone. Yeah. But you're at what episode? This what is, are we at? This will be your episode will be one thirty two. One thirty two. So you've done at the absolute least two hundred hours of podcasting. Yeah. So for someone who's on podcast number three and they listen to you and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh my god, I'll never be that good." Mm-hmm. Your first response is going to be like, "Oh, shut up." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, uh, and, and you want to know what? You're so correct and I undermine it all the time. Yeah. Cuz I always what I do is I'll say, "Oh, well, this is a conversational podcast, so there's not as much skill involved." But really there is a skill. Of course. And and there is a skill in, in long form conversation. Um and obviously like I'd like to do different styles of like I'd love to do a more formal interview based. Like I'd like to experiment and do yeah. some different kinds of podcasts just to like test myself in that way. And do it. But it's it's a skill that I undermine. But also the same time like i it's the first time ever that i have the podcast on my resume Mm -hmm. because i don't i think i gained the most skills from this 
versus any job that I've had, any employer that's yeah. paid me in money. Yeah. Um, I've gained the most skills from this because it's self-motivated. And this it's is a self-motivation thing. This is where like we were talking earlier about how your numbers dipped or whatever. Yeah. You know, and like honestly, Sarah, if in a year and a half intoxicated as a podcast you feel is done that yeah. doesn't mean your experience podcasting is done you yeah. can you know like you can start something different or go a different direction or whatever you want to yeah. do and you've got fucking hours, hundreds yeah. and hundreds of hours yeah. of experience that yeah you can't just get from starting a podcast you know like did i tell you about my failed podcast no Oh, was this was this long before intoxicated? No, this is recently. Recently, okay. So this summer, me and my friend Shannon, shout out Shannon, and I shouldn't say failed. She'll she'll get mad at me for saying that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it just didn't last as long as we thought. Um, Shannon and I were both single gals, and we were like, let's take on the summer. Let's make dating. Let's date more. Because I I just don't. I just don't do it. So I was like, maybe this will be kind of motivation and dates. We decided to do this podcast where we talk every week about our dating experiences, whether that be on the apps or like real life dates, like whatever. It's really, we we try to gamify our dating life. Right. And we put a goal to kiss five guys in the summer. Okay. Cutesy little, cutesy little gimmick, which was unrealistic at the time. So I started this podcast and first couple episodes were a lot of fun. I went on one date with a lovely guy who like we had great conversation, deep conversation, mm-hmm. talked about like mental illness, yeah. talked about the end of the like we talked like this, yeah. like nice. deep, like not just small talk bullshit. Yeah. We had some good conversations and then just it just never went like, you know, I never got a message back or, you know, whatever. So um this this podcast lasted five episodes because when I got to the end, I was like, you know what? I'm not in the headspace. Yes. Yeah. I can't actually date right now because mm-hmm. I'm figuring out my life. Like, there's so many other, like, I really want to, mm-hmm. but I just can't. So we had to end it. <laughs> oh. No, but I, I get it. You know, <laughs> I couldn't like, be, but it's like part of me, like, I just can't be, well, you I can't, can't do you things can't for content. Sacrifice your emotional well being for content. A, yeah. And that was the thing. I was like, oh, this feels icky. And like, it would be one thing, I guess, if like, um like we had like listener questions which i don't know who would want to take advice from me but you know what i mean yeah. like if there was other things to talk right. about but i was just like i can't i don't have the space in my life right yeah. now and i went through some crazy heartbreak stuff over the summer too and i was just like i can't do this i'm so sorry yeah. like we gotta stop but it was fun while it lasted but, yeah well that's a little, little sometimes <laughs> fun while it lasts is nice you yeah know? well that's just it you do do something a little different I, I have so much fun with this i think that this is my strong point people so. underestimate how fun fun is you yeah. know like, well do you ever feel guilty for having fun yeah when i know i probably haven't accomplished as much um, yeah as i should for comedy right right so like there's lots of times where i'll Maybe like even yesterday is a good example. Like my buddy came over and cause I had to get some packing done. So we did a bunch of packing and then we started drinking in the backyard. And the next thing I know, I'm drunk in the backyard. So I mean, but I, uh, but you, but question for you, cause a lot of this is similar in the sense that like if I was a full-time podcaster, I would have to hustle my ass too to get yeah. paid for it. Um, but like, what is your typical day as somebody who is working in comedy? Cause it's not always show days. Yeah, it's not. 
So like, how do you establish a workflow so that so you do I make will, sure? I'll give you two examples of my mm. days. Yes. Okay? A good day is I get up at eight. I have my coffee. I read my sports. I uh, play some Angry Birds. I nice. just chill out for the morning. At nine, I start making phone calls for shows that I'm booking out west. Because, um, or I'm sorry, at nine, I start making phone calls in the Maritimes for shows I'm booking out there. Right. And then I normally put an hour into phoning or emailing or doing that. Um, um have breakfast. Yeah. Write a little. Yeah. After one, start making calls out west, which would be 10 a.m. their time, right? Yeah. Trying to book shows there, sending emails there, and then wrapping things up around three or four. It's amazing. And that's amazing. And so you do this, like, most days of the week? No. This is what I'm trying. <laughs> this... <laughs> that is my good days. That's okay? my good day. My bad days is my alarm goes off at eight. I hit no. And then I sleep till 10 and then I get up and I read my sports and I play my Angry Birds and then it's 11 and then I have breakfast and then I'm like, eh, it's noon. I'll maybe just smoke a little bit of weed, you know, just get the brain flowing before I try and write. And Hell then, yeah. And then after I get high, I don't write and then <laughs> I just watch TV and then two o'clock rolls around and I'm like, oh man, what have I done? If I should just, I should just really bathe in this guilt for an hour. Oh my you know? gosh. I've wasted, I have wasted so many hours feeling bad about the fact that oh, I didn't do anything. Right? That should is, we- you nailed it on the head. Like, I, I don't want to compare unemployment to comedy life, but it feels similar. Oh, in it the, is. It's in the, the exact sense, same thing. In the sense of job hunting. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like, I don't have a reason. I don't have a shift to get up for. So yeah. I'm, what I'm struggling with right now, maybe you can help me with this. I'm struggling with actually getting up early because yeah. I'm such a night person. Yeah. Like I'm taught like really bad, Scott. Like yeah. like four or five a.m. Yeah. So like I'm trying to crack that lifestyle of like the okay, only- get up at the same time every day yeah. and start your work at the same time every yeah, day and put a solid to, couple hours. You on. have to break that. That's the, I that's. I don't know how. It, it's either you don't do it and yeah. you just find a way to work around it, or you have to break that because yeah. that's. I was a night person. Like the the only reason I'm not anymore is that my girl is not right, and you know. So I feel like, like it's either like girlfriends or yeah. kids that would change someone. Yes. Like kids would definitely do yeah. it because I was always a four or five in the morning person too. It's let me tell you, fucking brutal. Like, and it's I know that it's a choice. Yeah, but I think I'm just and maybe I was like this as a kid, but like I'm just bad at going to bed when I'm not at all tired. I, found- I need to be exhausted to go to bed. I found the only way to break it is you have to go exhausted for two for two weeks, right? Because you yeah. have to force yourself up at eight. Yeah. And what I would always get my second wind at midnight. Right, like so, midnight would yeah. roll around when I should be going to bed, and I'm like, "Woo, this Buzzing. is the best I've felt all day." Right? Yeah, like, I know it's so bad. So, and you have to force yourself to go to bed and lay awake. Yeah, and I'll fall asleep at two, three. Get off wake the up, phone. Get wake, off the screen. Get off the screen. Wake up at eight. Tired as shit again. And th- this is the thing, though. Y- your body will just fall into a sleep pattern <gasps> yeah. after a couple weeks. It's just yeah. you literally have to. It's like it's like. uh if you drink every day, mm-hmm. right? But aren't stop al- calling me out, Scott. But, but aren't an alcoholic? Here's because I'll I there's lots of times where I'll go in uh, a drinking binge where I'll drink yeah. 
six nights a week for like three nights. You know, when I'm on the road, I fucking I'm drunk all the time. Right. And, you know, it's not alcoholism, but like it's binge drinking. And you're out of your life. So you're yeah. And you're out of your life. And it's and and so when you come back. Yeah, I want a beer really bad at 6 p.m. Like I'm just my body's just like put a little booze in me. It'll be a good time. (laughs) And it is. But like you have to like force yourself those two days kind of thing to not. And then it's not hard. And do you know what the do you know what the key is there? Hmm. I don't think it's getting up for me because I have this theory that night people are actually more flexible than morning people. Mm -hmm. In in other words, like night people can get up early and be miserable. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like morning people usually have an issue staying up late. Like if it was a party or something, they would be the ones yawning Mm, at night. I'm tired. It's 1 a.m. But the key (laughs) is not napping for me. Because I hit that uh, like 5 or 6 p.m. where I'm like, I could use a nap and then I lay down and it's three hours later and I'm like, where am I? What year is it? What did I sleep through? Yeah, no. (laughs) It's so bad. I feel like living alone is... is, My girl's a napper. If I had a roommate to just hold my ass yeah. to it and be like, no, you're you're going to bed now. Yeah. I feel like I would do so much better. But yeah. I should, I my need... girl's a napper. I get it. <sighs> it's it is. so hard not to nap. Are yeah. you a napper? Do you like no, napping? No, I hate napping. Never have been able to. Really? Um, whenever I've tried, I just lay there being like counting down the time till when I got to get up and like, I don't yeah. know. Oh, and then God. when I do nap, I feel like shit. I'm just like, it's just not worth it. You know, like I'd rather so have a coffee and fight it. the fatigue than... But I'm good at sleeping. Like I sleep when and when I say that I mean I I sleep seven eight hours every night and I what? get up and I'm good to go. You know, like what? <laughs> that must be so nice. It's pretty. It's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, when I'm stressed, uh, it's bad. Yeah. Um, I've been getting little micro night terrors lately, which are like this is. I lo- I love how this comes up in a lot of my podcasts, but like I hear random voices sometimes at night. Ugh. It's a little scary. Yeah. I might try to get paranormal investigators back on mm. to see if, like, this place, if there's something haunting me or something. Yeah. Because I will be on the verge of falling asleep, and I will, like, <gasps> something will, like, like startle me, and I never really know what it is. You believe in ghosts, then? Kind of, yeah. Do you believe in God? Hmm. We're getting real deep now. I, I think that I don't think... <sighs> okay, my answer to that is that I want to. Right, well, but um... I don't... I don't know. I, I wouldn't be more on the agnostic right. spectrum, but I really, I think it's because I have such a fear of death. Mm. I really want to believe there's something oh, after of course. It. Good God. Who just wants to lie in the dirt? I mean, I consider I, myself. I know a lot of people. I know so many people who look at death as literally nothing matters in this life. And when we die, we're dead. That's it. There are so many people I know yeah. like that, that live their lives like that. Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> Andrew, he's one of them. He is one of them. And you know, like, he has, you know, he has his own thoughts Shout on that. out, Andrew. Shout Vaughan, out, Andrew. Yeah. You little atheist. <laughs> uh, but I know a lot of people who think that way, and I don't, I just don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I, I grew up Catholic. Okay. That was kind of forced in my yeah. throat. But like, I, I don't believe in the Catholic Church. Fuck that. I only ask. I only ask because, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't believe in God. I mean, again, I'm in the same boat. I mean, fuck. Agnostic it would or be, It would be sweet if there's an afterlife. I mean, I I hope there is. Yeah. If, if you're going to just ask me straight up how I think, yeah. I, I don't think there is. Right. But I mean, I, I'm not dead set against it. Like, yeah. I, I hope there is. Yeah. 
But because I believe that, I have a really hard time believing in ghosts, right? Because I'm like, that's fair. I'm that's like, how, how 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 do I justify not believing in one but believing in the other? Because like, mm-hmm. there, and I know atheists who believe in ghosts. And Interesting. I'm like, I'm like oh, how does this how does this even work? That doesn't make <laughs> have Have you ever had someone really close to you pass away? Yeah. Yeah. And like, did you ever sense them? No. No. Interesting. My brother gave me a really interesting theory on this is that uh, ghosts don't exist. However, there is something in everyone's brain that because death is such a (gasps) difficult thing to overcome, Mm -hmm. that it's something that your brain kind of has to go through to kind of like deal with it type of thing. Yes, I have heard that. And I and I do think that that's probably more what it is. Which is also super interesting how powerful the brain is and how fucking little we know about it, eh? Like, well, that's the thing. And, and you know what's fucked up about that is, um, this is getting really dark, but kids that experience like trauma as kids, uh, whether that be sexual or like violence or, or whatever, they actually develop coping mechanisms to get over that. And some of them will create alternate personalities. Yeah. To survive. Cause they're like, I need to survive. So. Like, they will learn... Their brains will help them learn to cope with fucking sexual violence. Yeah. Like, it's... It's... Little kids! Yeah, of course. The power of the mind is... Is... It's, madness. It's, it's madness, and it's really insane. And, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> what are we even? Why are we here, Scott? What's the deal with all this? What are we supposed to do? I'm like... I, I'm just sitting, I'm just sitting here looking at you right now, just like... Is all your podcast this miserable or is this just me? Like, no, I-, I love this shit. I love getting deep in. Because I find it interesting because it, it is really, truly, it speaks to... Look very- at how little we've talked comedy, too. <laughs> hey, I know, yeah! Right? We really haven't. I do have like one comedy question for you. All right. I'll, I'll save it till the end. But sure. It's, but I think it speaks to how different people look at life. Because some people look at life... In a way that, like, okay, I have to find a purpose. I have to make it meaningful. I have, mm. like, have to do all these things. And, like, there's other people who are just, like, nothing matters. It doesn't matter what you do. Stop caring. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, which side I feel... Do you, which side do you fall on? I want to fall on the middle. I want to care a bit less about certain things. Right. Like, the things that are, like, I care a lot about what people think of me. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, like stuff like that. Yeah. I hold too much value in people's opinions of me, so right. I, I seek for validation, and and I want to, I want to care less about that because I'm only here on this earth. I'm here, yeah. and I just gotta do yeah. what I gotta do. Yeah. But then at the same time, I do want to create meaning, and I and I find myself really wanting that. I feel uh, the same way. It's I, it's, it's almost like I want to care more about. Things that will affect future generations, stuff like yeah. the environment and be more impactful positively on society, but mm. also care less about stuff like social interactions that don't fucking matter, right? Oh, like, that's a big one. You know, like just... Big one. Especially when I know damn well so many social interactions happen that I'm constantly going over in my head that yeah. the other person hasn't thought twice about, right? Right. Like, and I find like I have friends like that too that are like you remember way back like a couple weeks ago when I said that thing to you well like just to let you know like I didn't mean it like that like this is how I meant it and I just go what I I forgot that even happened yeah um and I think that there's something to that like it might be a little OCD yeah maybe yeah but like and I don't really know 
Like, I'm completely unmedicated, Mm -hmm. so I have no idea how these things are managed with medication, but they might be. And I'm not a psychologist, and I don't know if this idea is even right or wrong, but Mm -hmm. I feel like with the invent and the progression of social media and the internet and kind of more communication with people, but less physical interaction, so it's like this... This yeah. false sense of communication yeah. that isn't really happening yeah. is is what's creating such anxiety and stuff when you're yes. in real situations, right? Because you're it's it's like anything. It's like going on stage. Like, do I get nervous before I go on stage now? No, because I've been on stage over two thousand times. Yeah, right. So how fucking can I? Yeah, that would be insane if it's I was just, still nervous. It's just a reflex right now. And I mean, I'm not saying there aren't still people who get nervous before going on stage, but mm-hmm. I'm not one of them anymore, mm-hmm. right? So it's like anything you do, it's like driving. Yeah, driving is a very scary thing when you start. But if you do it for hours and hours and hours, it just, it, 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 it dissipates or. Yeah, gets easier. God. God. <laughs> My vocabulary sucks But you know what's balls. fucked up about the world though? <laughs> you, okay, so like the driver who's a good driver who's been driving so yeah. long versus like someone who's a little more scared. They both have a equal chance of like having a random car, car accident. Of course. Because that the world is chaos. And yeah. that's that's my issue. I have I just get really scared of the world sometimes. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was like that. Oh, we get real deep. My grandmother like lived a life of fear. Wow. Like hardly left her house. Yeah. Didn't really do much. Like raised kids, like yeah. did the standard thing, but like didn't travel, didn't yeah. see the world. And I'm just like, I just I'm so scared of becoming that. Yeah. I don't want to be that. It's, it's, people become so goal orientated that they forget to enjoy the ride. I feel like, so true. you know, like it's one of those things where like, if you're worried about every little thing, you're actually, you know, holding yourself back or inhibiting yourself from, from moving forward. Absolutely. But none of it matters. Like, that's the thing really is like, at the end of the day, none of this fucking matters. I totally agree with you. And when I say none of this matters, I mean like on on a individualistic scale. Yes. A lot of it is just like personal relationships, uh daily communication with people, just like uh the 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 interactions you have. That's yeah. life. Yeah. And enjoy those. And you have control over how you react. Yeah. So like if something happens, you can either wallow in that mm-hmm. or say, "All right, like I I I do this thing sometimes where I go, well, the past is in the past. Yeah. Gotta go. Move on. Yeah. Like it's a good get, way to it's a good it. way to live life. Of, Literally, of you cannot change yeah. what just happened. Yeah. It happened. So what's next? Yeah. No, I agree 100 percent And I think like you talking about Africa and stuff. Yeah. I really want to rough it sometime. Like I would like to experience You should. Like something like that. Because I that's feel an like attainable that, goal though, Sarah. Like yeah. that's something you can do. Yeah. I think I feel weighed back by money. At the uh, end of the day. Of course. And I that's, feel like that's, I can't do that. That's a big obstacle to overcome because yeah. it's, it's, and I just mean even mentally, like, because yeah. I feel the same way. And a lot of times, every time, every time I feel like it's hopeless and I'm so fucked and so strapped and so, you, you always come out the other side. Like, you do always come out the other side, you right? You figure it out somehow. You always figure it out. Like, it's true. You know, no matter how bad it gets. Like, yeah. I'm not proud of it, but I've gone bankrupt. You know, like, you, you, yeah. you can, you can, there's always a way out, right? Yeah. And and people get too held down by the fact they owe Visa money, like yeah. especially when Visa doesn't give a fuck. They right? don't give a fuck. They don't about care you. about you, no. And yeah. honestly, the five grand you're in debt to them, yeah. is, is is nothing. 
Yeah. And if you don't pay it, it's covered by insurance. Like it doesn't right. even matter, right? right. So it, it's just You're so right. Yeah, it's it's really you just got to you just got to So it's like moments like this. Yeah. Right. It's like, enjoy this. Enjoy what you're doing. And I mean, yeah, totally. I'm a hypocrite because I also sit around and fucking worry about it all the time. Right? <laughs> like, well, I, I worry about money. Money is my number one stress. Mm-hmm. That said, like, Kirsten Finch messaged me with one message saying, would you be willing to do a gay photo shoot with me for $500? And I said, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we're finally doing it. It's nice. like some, some photo shoot in the woods or something. I don't know what they're going to make us do, but Kirsten, I'm glad to be doing it with you of all people. <laughs> Scott, one piece of uh, comedy talk for you. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, I like it. So do you have any this advice? This is how we end it. This is how we, we're going to end okay. it. Okay. Because there's a thing behind you with notes from, I might be doing a set at some point. Oh my God. So do you have any advice for people who are looking? Do it. That's what everyone says. Just do everyone it. Everyone says just do it. And th- the truth is, is that the Nike symbol, the, the your first set isn't going to matter anyways. And honestly, if you just want to do it to experience it, then it doesn't matter. Right. right. So go up and do it. Have a good time. It's five minutes. Honestly, you've watched enough open mics I know. that there's nothing you could do that would be worse than what the worst thing you have seen. There isn't. Actually, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Because the way I've been looking at it lately has been I'm being way too critical about my jokes because I've seen comedy so much that I'm looking at it through your guys' lens. Yeah, no, don't look at it and through. And not through first-time comics. Yeah. Like, should, like I mean, you just got to get up. an advantage on some 18-year-old kid who's like, oh, my God, like... People have told me I'm special all my life. I can't wait to get up on stage and and, and spew <laughs> my millennial knowledge. So, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's so true, though. But like, My I'm... little sister. Oh, my... Claire. Claire, shout, shout out. out Claire. I love Claire. Yeah. Um, she came to, I be- I'm guessing, but I bet you a hundred of my shows before she got on stage. Yeah. And so you go to... You're probably close to that too. I've I bet been, you've been to a hundred, maybe well, I mean, not quite, but like I bet you're at fifty shows over you've a seen. Because like when I had Andrew Vaughn on, that's when I really started going to see live comedy, and that was over a year ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty consistently going for a for sure. A I've year. seen you at ten shows, just me. I know it's crazy. So which is great, yeah. but that that says you've seen it. Yeah, you've seen the worst that can happen. Don't think about the best that can happen because that's because that's gonna not happen. gonna happen. <laughs> You know, I just want one chuckle. That's all I really, really want. And you'll get it. I just want because you're a staple on the scene. You come to all the shows, and comics are going to support you. Aww. And you know, go up at Gus's. It's easy. Yeah, yeah. I was you thinking know? that. Is there anything that you see, like, because you've seen them too? You've seen like everyone from various levels of experience in this scene. And maybe like this is a good way to end it because you, you're kind of saying goodbye to the comedy mm-hmm. scene. Health. You'll be back. I will be back. You better be fucking. I, back. I'll be back a hundred percent. Is there anything that you've seen new comics coming up here do that you think like, like tips, like the stuff they could do better, stuff they're doing really well, or any no, thoughts on in that? A, in all honesty, if 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 you're if you've done comedy a hundred sets or less, just get up there and do it. Just right. just get up there in front of the mic. I mean, the first time I ever did comedy, I puked before I went on stage. <laughs> I can see myself doing that to like, be honest. I, I get the nerves. It's 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 a terrifying thing and and it's insane. This isn't my stat. This is Chris Rock said this on HBO's <laughs> Let's Talking or uh Talking Comedy or whatever it was. I forget what it was yeah. now, but uh Talking Funny. Right. Uh and he was just like one of the things that like the thing that most people's biggest fear 
is public speaking. And yes. that's that's ahead of death. So <laughs> not for me. <laughs> so so there you go. So most people would rather be dead. <laughs> that most people would rather be in the casket than saying the eulogy, right? Is what he said. Right. Oh, interesting. Okay. So hmm. knowing that that is the level of fear in most people to go up on stage. Just doing it as an experience and just doing it is going to grow you as a person. So, like, why even worry about it? Just get up there and do it, right? Just get up there and do it. Because you're going to get up there and it's going to be a blur. And you're you're going to cross your fingers and hope you get a few laughs and you're going to because people are supportive <sighs> and you're, you're always supportive at comedy shows. And so mm-hmm. I would say if you want to do a set, just mm-hmm. go up and do it mm-hmm. and don't overthink it. And just do I it sooner I'm than later. I think I'm big time overthinking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm big time overthinking, and I'm. I, and you know what you do? Don't tell anyone. Oh hell no! Message, message, hell no. message, message, Martin, and just be like, <laughs> "Hey, do you mind if you put me up?" And even don't even put me on the poster, and just show up and go up and do your five. Do minutes. you recommend bringing like at least one or two friends though? It depends on how you feel. If yeah. you feel like it, uh, some friend support will help you, then do it. Yeah. If you don't, I know comics who have done both. I know comics who have brought out 40 people on their first set. Holy shit. I know comics who have. That's uh, a lot. (laughs) I haven't, who didn't tell their friends and parents that they were doing comedy for six months, you know? So it's all what makes you comfortable and Mm. just do what you want to do. Oh my goodness. So if that's advice, that's advice. There it is. It was so nice having you back on. I feel the same way. I'm so glad I kind of got to come on and do a, a farewell podcast before A little farewell I to Nova yeah. Scotia. It's, uh, it's not goodbye. I it's loved see- you, Halifax. You were such a good scene. It's <laughs> not goodbye. It's see you later. Yeah, for sure. It's and see I, you later. I, when I left Edmonton, I mean, the, Halifax is going to find the same thing. I'm still, I'm going to be back so much. You're going to be like, you, you better never be back. even. Bring your freaking sister too. Yeah, I, I will. I want, I, I want to bring her out here and do you... an actual tour. She, I, she was out here in the yes. spring. I know you guys did that podcast. It was great. Like, yes. Yeah. You got to yeah. bring her back because you both have the case of the funny gene. <laughs> both extremely talented. Oh, you. Do you have any dates or anything coming up? In the f- I know you're moving, so probably uh, maybe I'm not. At, I, I'm at Crickets Winnipeg. Crickets Winnipeg! Yeah, this weekend. And then I've got a show in Eston, Saskatchewan, Saturday, October 5th. And then I'm at Yuck Yucks Edmonton, October 11th, 12th. Awesome. So those October dates, we can yeah. definitely put in the description of this. That's fantastic thank you so much for everything thank you good fucking luck and you better stay in touch there's you you know know it like social media you'll you'll be back you always have a spot here on the podcast i can't wait till the next on the futon if you need a crashing place amazing so till the next till the next time we talk about the end of the world oh my god it makes me sad i love getting so existential with you most people don't like talking about stuff like this and i love it so much i'm so dark but scott Good night. That's all, folks. Nice. All right. You survived another episode. That's amazing. You should reward yourself by following Intoxicated on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast, and on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated, on YouTube at youtube.com backslash intoxicated. And if you really liked the episode, you can leave an iTunes rating or review that is extremely helpful and appreciated. Thanks again for listening, guys, and talk to you next week. All right.